When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This is the GM Shuffle. Kyle wanted Mac Jones. I don't care how many times I got to say it. Like, I know it. Like, I, I'm con- I'm not convinced of it. I know it. Like, I'm not talking myself into it. Like, I know it. So, and I know he's still going around, still pissed off at the people that convinced him to go the other direction. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. Michael, we just came off a Labor Day weekend of a lot of college football, and mm. we are now into fall, baby, the best time of the year. No doubt. I just got back from Biloxi. I was in the heart of Southeast Conference territory. Tremendous. Carl Johnson, the Beau Rivage, did a wonderful job of hosting Millie and I. Being in that book on Saturday, watching the games, Femi, it was a little bit like uh, the opening of March Madness. The, when uh-huh. the games were coming towards the end, the Boston College Rutgers game, the Ca- the East Carolina, North Carolina oh, State man. game. I mean, it was in- insane. And then, of course, we had last night. So this is a great time of the year, a great time of the year for, for me particularly because Labor Day, everybody goes home. Billy Joel had this great song, Famous Last Words. He talked about <laughs> people on the people leaving resorts towns is what it's about. And, you know, they hang the sheets on the chandeliers and that's what's going to happen here in Ocean City pretty soon. Yeah, p- People in Las Vegas, a little bit different because they leave and they yeah. come back two days later. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Everyone's always coming. This is a resort town 24-7, but as always... That's why when I oh. lived there, when, when I lived there, I called it the Moses Malone capital of the world. I did. I, I, you know why? Because everybody was on the rebound. Everybody was on the rebound. <laughs> Yes, we're all on the rebound out here in the desert as we try to have fun and uh, not lose too much money. It was actually a successful college football weekend for me, so that was fun to kick off the season on a good note there. But as always, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Michael, you can tweet at him, at MLombardiNFL. You can tweet at me, at Femi Abebefe, our producer Stephen Bond with us, as always, on the ones and twos. And Michael, you hinted at it, so let's start there. Last night's game in college football, Florida State beating LSU 24-23, just an insane Insane final two and a half minutes that we saw down in New Orleans. No doubt. I mean, look, I I thought it was the perfect example that I talk about on the pod and on the Lombardi line too, Femi, about how the... games are broken into four into three sections first quarter assessment right did we practice everything that's going on is the game plan in effect second and third quarter adjustments to the game plan what do we need to do to fix what must what's happened in the game that we got to have uh, attention to detail and then the fourth quarter a standalone game and was there ever a standalone game in the fourth quarter than last (laughs) night i mean Back and forth, 24 to 10, 24 17. You know, did they use their timeouts right? You know, you get the fumble there. I mean, if Mike Norvell, when he gets that fumble, I think it was what, 143 to go in the game? Yep. If he kneels down three times and not tries to score the touchdown and kicks the extra and just kicks the field goal, he wins the game, right? Yeah. I mean, all three <laughs> kneel downs, let the clock run. 
I mean, I know he had his timeouts left. I understand that. He had three timeouts left. He could use those. But to me, you know, they fumble. Next thing you know, but look, I, I'm gonna t- we talk about this later in the pod. Week one's a hard week for everybody. And special teams end up costing teams in week one because they don't do enough work. And clearly, Brian Kelly's special teams cost him last night. Brian Polian, the special teams coordinator. You get one, one, extra, one field goal blocked, okay. You get two, man, you didn't fix the problem. Yeah, no, it was really bad from LSU special teams, and it cost them the football game, especially towards the end there when they were trying to kick that extra point, which would have forced overtime. Now, do you think that they should have maybe gone for two in that situation? Because no, I, I no. thought they should have. You, you think they, you think they made no. the right call? No, not not no. I mean, why go for two? You got a chance. They got the overtime to rules. win the you game. Can win it. <laughs> I, I know, but if you, you could lose the game too, it's a fifty-fifty yeah. prop. I mean, you know, like, why not take your chances, put the ball in the 25, play good defense, see what you can do, you know? Maybe go for two in the overtime once you feel like, once you realize what the hell's happening. But I think you there's too much of a risk. We got, I, we got to start a movement. And, and I was talking to the guys at Sports Source Analytics, Stephen Prather. I mean, mm-hmm. what's, what's wrong with three points anymore? Like, why are everybody so against three points? <laughs> like, wh- why do we hate three points, you know? Why do we do this? Why is it such, though, no, you can't take, like, we're just going to neglect mm-hmm. three points like they don't matter. Yeah, I mean, it, they do matter, ultimately, when it comes to scoring. I, well, I, it, I, I just figured that because it was so late in the game and LSU had Florida State on their heels at that spot after scoring the touchdown with a second or left or no time left on the clock that I almost would rather put the game in my own hands of, and maybe I'm, the, I'm just a gambler and I'm out here in Las Vegas. Maybe that's why, but, that's kind of the way I think, but I, I would have tried to win the game in that spot. But the overtime rules, you could win the game too. You get a mm-hmm. turnover, you, get, you have a chance to get the ball back and continue to play. I think your point would have been, ta- had it been Florida, Utah in the heat and humidity down in Gainesville mm-hmm. with the great Anthony Richardson, with the, at the, maybe you do it there, but I still think the percentages are better off to go to overtime and then evaluate it once you get into overtime. Yeah, no, it's and it's a fun debate. And obviously hindsight being 2020, since I, I know the information of the, they blocked an extra point there. But even before the extra point, I thought that they might entertain having a two point conversion set up since they kind of were lucky to even get to that point of tying the football game uh, towards the end there. Yeah, well, I mean, they were lucky and unlucky at the same time. I yeah. mean, the fact that they didn't fix the field goal protection its bad. when they had a chance. To, I mean, that's really the cost of the game. I mean, you could say all the things that went wrong. I mean, Florida turns the ball over, which is the only thing you can't have happen to. You can't turn the ball over there, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. If you do three kneel downs, you're going to you know, you're gonna go up by 10, and then it doesn't matter how much time Brian Kelly has because now it's an onside kick game, Yeah. right? All I'm trying to do as a head coach in that situation is make it an onside kick game. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and if I if I kick the field goal, I go up ten, right? I kick the ball through the end zone, let them have it at the twenty five. Now I know the clock's going to stop on first downs, but it's going the way they were moving the ball, even on that last drive when they made it twenty four seventeen, it was like five yards, five yards. They were yeah. going so slow, it was ridiculous. I'm like, did they practice two minutes at all at LSU? Like, where were they going? Like, can't we get some tempo going? We got to get the ball back. Yeah, no, it was it was it was bad. And Brian Kelly, I'm sure he'll get that place going in the right direction because he is a good coach, regardless of what people think about him from a personality standpoint. I don't think he's the warmest personality, but so far the the early signs are not good there in LSU. But it's still a lot of football left to be played there with that team with Jaden Daniels. I, I'm not in love with Jaden Daniels. I, yeah, me I, I neither. Be honest, me neither. I didn't. No. You know, 
a lot more hype than than accuracy. Yeah. I think it takes him too long to process. Yep. I think he's the bridge to the next quarterback. Is it Nesmeyer? I don't know. He's the backup. I think he's the bridge. But to me, you know, I, I think that there's work to be done. And, and they, how did they not get the ball to Bote? I mean, like seriously, bad. I know he's had one drop in the fourth quarter, but how does he not get the ball every play? All-American wide receiver. And, and he got, I think, what, seven targets with like three catches in the game. It's it's not good. Uh, That's malpractice. It's, it is malpractice. You, you mentioned that uh, LSU is a work in progress. Well, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, Michael, is a work in progress. And today, this morning, they have agreed to terms with future Hall of Fame offensive tackle Jason Peters, 40 years old. But we all know Dallas losing Tyron Smith until at least December with the severe hamstring injury. So Jason Peters is now on the practice squad as he tries to ramp up because he had no training camp. And at his age, he's going to need that ramp up period to get into this Dallas Cowboys offensive line. The goal and the the plan, at least from what I'm reading, is that he'll play left tackle and Tyler Smith, the rookie, will kick back inside the left guard where he's been training for much of this training camp here. But what do you make of Peters now at 40 years old being the blindside protector for Dak Prescott? I mean, can he stay healthy? He couldn't stay healthy last year. I mean, when you sign a 40-year-old guy, that's a sense of desperation. And mm-hmm. can he stay healthy? Can he play well enough? I mean, I, they drafted Tyler Smith to be the uh, to be the left tackle of the future. You know, I know it's hard to play a left tackle as a rookie. I get that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure Peters can hold up for the season. I'm not sure he can hold up for the year, blocking against some of the good edge rushers he's going to have to handle. So, I mean, to me, it sounds great on paper, but I don't think anybody watched the Bears tape of him playing last year. It was not very good last year. It hasn't been good for Peters. I know he's 40, but it hasn't been very good. But for him, if you keep wanting to send him checks, I mean, he'll keep depositing them. Why not? I think they put him on practice to get an idea to see if this is going to work out. I think they kind of went into it. Now, I don't know how much guaranteed money they gave him. I'm sure they probably did, but... To me, I, I would go on with Tyler Smith and let, just get on with the future because here's the problem. You're going to be, you know, it's the curly in the boat. You're going to keep drilling holes to let the water out from the other hole. It's all going to keep coming back and forth until you plug it correctly. Yeah. No, it's a, the NFL is kind of like whack-a-mole is the way I see it. The minute you figure, figure out one problem, another one arises, and you're just kind of chasing around here. Peters, last year with the Bears, played 15 games. And you mentioned that his tape wasn't as good there at his age. Now, he's, in the back of the day, was a terrific player. Clearly, if this was a decade ago, I'd be thrilled. But uh, right now, as we sit here, it's going to be tough to see what he does and when he's able to actually play. I'm guessing maybe week three or so because he didn't have a training camp and he oh, needs those reps. They'll put him in right away. Fam, they'll, you think they're going to put him in right sign, away? They didn't sign him to wait till week three. They signed Whew. him to get him out there this weekend. They brought him in. Oh, man, that's going to be tough. And basically, unless he, unless he can't stand on his two feet, he's going to start – against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at left tackle. Oh. There's no doubt. Look out, Dak. <laughs> I mean, he had no training camp. And I get he's played a lot of football, but you still need a training camp and a ramp-up period to get ready. The fact that he's going to go out there not, week not, one. Not an old guy like this. I mean, he'll go out there. He'll understand how to do it. I, I, I think, to me, the only thing is, the problem is when you have a rookie playing next to him, who's going to help him out? You know, yeah. hey, we're in 57 protection. You got the, you, you got the down. You know, it's like, who's helping each other out? And I don't think that's – I think that's the issue, right? But yeah. if you're going to move Tyler Smith and then move him back to guard, look, if you sign this guy, you got to go play him. you got to play him. you got to hope he understands what you're doing, which I'm pretty sure he's smart enough to do that. I mean, I know he played in 15 games last year, but at the end of the day, just because you play in the game doesn't mean you play well. He, I mean, how many times did you see him walk off the field injured and come back? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you're when an older player – those injuries, they tend to come fast and furious. So the fact that he might be playing in week one, 
has me very concerned for Dak Prescott. Just get through the game healthy. At this point, a win is Dak Prescott getting through this game healthy because I don't think he's going to get much protection there on that left side with Peters having no training camp. And then you have the rookie Tyler Smith playing at left guard against a pretty good Tampa Bay Buccaneers pass rush. Week one, though, Michael, you mentioned is right upon us. We're six days away from the Sunday slate. We have three days to go until the opening night game between the Bills and the Rams. But the funny thing about week one is that we have a lot of matchups with former first round picks. Our producer, Stephen Bond, outlined all of these matchups for us, starting with Bills, Rams, Thursday night, Saints, Falcons, Niners, Bears, Steelers, Bengals, Patriots, Dolphins, Ravens, Jets, Jaguars, Commanders, Giants, Titans, Chiefs, Cardinals, Nine games that feature quarterbacks that were former first-round picks. Have you ever seen anything like this in the NFL? No, but as Bill Parcells always said, we can only take what the college gives us, right? And so since colleges are now throwing the ball at such a high rate, almost too much shotgun, almost not enough under center, mm-hmm. that you're, we're getting so many quarterbacks ready to play that have thrown the ball from high school. You know, when you probably played high school, they were, you know, they were under center quite a bit. We were when running played, wing T. <laughs> we were running wing T when I played high school football, too. So, you know, the changes, the evolution of the position has really dramatically shifted. And these kids are ready to play right away, and they've had a lot of experience playing. And so whether they're good enough to play, that remains to be seen. But, you know, teams have got to pick one. I mean, you just can't find one. You know, you can't find Johnny Unitas, you know, sitting out of football for the year because he mm-hmm. couldn't make the, the, the ball. He couldn't make the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's hard. You know, you have to do what you can do. Uh, you got to draft them. And I think you have to draft them multiple times. I mean, like, I think what, you know, people are, are saying, well, Carolina, you know, they invested in Sam Darnold. They drafted Matt Corral. You know, they signed Teddy Bridgewater. I, I think you got to keep doing it until you hit one. I mean, you're really like an oil driller. You got to hit the, you got to keep drilling until you find oil. No, that makes a lot of sense. And we're going to talk about the quarterbacks as red chips and blue chips on Thursday. My guess, I haven't seen Michael's list, but I'm excited to see what it is. My guess is there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks with first round pedigree in the blue chips and the red chips, because oftentimes you got to get these guys early if you want to get one that's going to be really good and be the face of your franchise. Michael, let's take our first break here on the pod. But when we come back, Let's talk about the science of betting week one in the NFL and also some Super Bowl odds courtesy of our show sponsor, DraftKings. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second round playoffs have been unreal and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in Instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
Michael, week one is upon us. Like I mentioned, Bills, Rams, Thursday night. And then we got the full slate Sunday, then Broncos, Seahawks, Monday night. But you wanted to get into the science of betting week one. I'm fascinated to hear what you have to say. Well, I mean, like, let's take the Patriots, right? They're, they're going down to Miami tomorrow to practice in the heat. And the, they're really, that's their biggest opponent because they don't know what McDaniels is going to do offensively. They have an idea, but how much, there's no tape to really watch. The preseason in terms of scheme is meaningless. They know what Josh Boyer is going to do defensively. He's going to be in a bare front. He's mm-hmm. going to play man-to-man. You're going to get some blitzes, all that. So from a preparation, from a, we got to study this team and, you don't. The biggest obstacle is the heat and humidity. So they're going to go down there to try to work on it. So week one, for me, is one of the hardest weekends of the year, whether you're in the league or whether you're like you and I handicapping it, because there's so many variables. There's so many unknowns that we can't. And I think when you study this, there's a couple things you got to pay close attention to. You can't fall into, and and I've listed them here, you can't fall into last year's trap right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Ohio State, for example, was dynamic against Utah. So I fell into last year's trap thinking they would be dynamic against Notre Dame. They weren't. Then is then, now is now, right? And so when you're going into week one, forget about last year. Forget about it. Like it's a new season. You know, Buffalo was a six point favorite against Pittsburgh at home last year and got beat. And Pittsburgh didn't really do anything to beat them, right? So to me, that's one of the things. Forget about last year. Forget about what happened. It takes teams some time to gel. The preseason does mean something. It just doesn't mean everything. Like I think that's another that's another point you've got to make okay. here. The preseason, it does mean something, but it doesn't mean everything. So be careful when you're studying a team, the Jets, for example, as bad as they looked in preseason. It means something, but it doesn't mean everything, right? You, you got to be able to peel back some of the layers. They didn't have all their players. You know, they weren't in all continuity. Even in the last preseason game, they might not have played well. So you, you, you got to really pull, pull that back. You know, and to me, the biggest factor here, and I'd be interested to hear your comments, number three, bad teams can win on opening day. Mm-hmm. Bad teams can win on opening <clears throat> day. Doesn't make them a good team. It's just they can win. We saw, we saw Jacksonville upset Indy. You know, we've seen it happen all the time. I mean, you know this. Just I've seen Cincinnati start two and zero in the past before they got Burrow and end up two and fourteen. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Bad teams can win week one. No, I a hundred percent agree with that. Week one, I think, is one of the weeks that has one of the biggest variances, just because we don't really know what to expect from any of these teams here. Uh, I remember the one that always stands out to me is it was a few years back, the Buccaneers beating the Saints in New Orleans with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, and they just lit up a Saints team that ended up being really good later on that season. You never know what to expect, especially in these division games. I think it can be really tricky for week number one. But you mentioned something that I thought was really interesting, and I want to peel back what you mean by this you mean the preseason means something but not everything what should we have taken away from the preseason well i mean i think you have to look at so okay so a team like pittsburgh you know they were not good against run defense did they improve their run defense Mm. you know could we see an element of them improving what they did you know what is justin fields's development within the preseason did he look like he found it not in terms of just pure numbers right you know, New Orleans, is their offensive line as good as we hoped they were? You know, what? where is their receiving core now that everybody's back? So you see elements of these players and you piece it together. But it doesn't mean because they don't score a lot of points or they don't play that everything's 
bad, and it doesn't mean everything's great. Because remember, preseason, there's no scheme. There's yeah. no scheme. There's no surprises. You know, and so when you get to week one, there's a ton of surprises. There's blitzes you've never seen. There's plays that have never happened. There's things that go on that you're just, oh, we didn't, we weren't expecting that. That's kind of the words you hear. So it means something, but it doesn't mean everything. No, I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind there to take away what could have been last year, then also translating again to this upcoming year versus, uh, the guys who are playing in all these preseason games as well. So those are good notes for the folks who are looking to get involved with the wagering here in week one. Yeah, the other one I wanted to hit on, Femi, is is I think this is really important. Week one is very similar to playoff week. Now, it's not win or go home, a win mm-hmm. or go home, it, it, but it has the elements of a week one playoff game because all these teams are completely believing that they can win the game. They've had no no area where they go in there with a shadow of a doubt. That's one. Two, they want to get off to a quick start. They're always going to try to do trick plays. They've got a ton of third down different variations, which in playoff games, third third and short is the key to play winning playoff games. You've got to control that, right? Mm-hmm. So coaches understand that. So this has a, a, a playoff feel to it week one. Expect the unexpected. That's why bad teams can win because they do the unexpected. It's like the great Mark Twain quote about the, uh, the the greatest swordsman in the world doesn't fear the second best swordsman. He fears the unconventional swordsman, ah. the, the, the the bastard who will do something completely out outside the realm. That's week one in the NFL. That's week one. Who's going to do the onside kick? Who's going to do the double reverse? Who's going to do the halfback pass? All that shit's going to come into play. And all of a sudden, it swings momentum. It changes. That's why you have to be really careful of just saying, okay, Green Bay's better than Minnesota. Green Bay's going to win. You got to be careful. It's the unknown. Fear the unknown. And yeah. the, the, the variance and all that kind of plays into what you see there when we have no tape on what these teams do from a regular season standpoint. Michael, you wanted to touch on the Super Bowl odds because we're about three days away. We can give our Super Bowl predictions here on the GM Shuffle. And don't hold it to us. No, you can hold it to us because uh, yeah. we think we're going to be we'll right be. With, these, with these predictions. <laughs> At least that's what we think. So here are the odds, courtesy of DraftKings, Michael. The favorite to win the Super Bowl is the Buffalo Bills, plus 550. You have the Bucks at plus 700. Chiefs, Packers are at 10 to 1. Rams, 12 to 1. Chargers, 14 to 1. 49ers are 16 to 1. Then you have the Broncos, 18 to 1. Ravens, Cowboys, 20 to 1, 22 to 1, respectively. You also have the Bengals and Eagles at 22 to 1. Colts, 25 to 1. So that's kind of the top of the board, the top half of the league. If you had $100, Michael, and you can spread it out however you want to, or you can put it all on one team, who would you bet on to win the Super Bowl? I like Green Bay. I do. I like Green Bay. I think their defense is improved. I think that, you know, everybody focuses on their receivers, but they have the best quarterback in the league. And he makes it easy for the receivers to catch the ball. And, and I think that their defense can carry their offense a little bit while, while they're, they're getting their receivers kind of get up and going. They still have Lassard and Cobb and those guys, but I like them. I, I, like, I, I like their team, total team. Mm-hmm. And, and in the AFC, you know, I, I go back and forth. There's some things I like about the Chiefs. I don't always trust their defense. I really don't. I think early in the year, particularly, they give up too many big plays. But when you look at when you look at what's happened in the league with Andy Reid, I think, what, he's 13-1 and one in opening games? I mean, the last time he lost was 2014. Uh, Mahomes is sensational week one of the season. So, you know, I, I would say that, that that's not really, you know, that, that won't be 
you know, that that's something to go get. But I think they'll eventually get it going. I like Kansas City. I don't mm-hmm. love I don't there's a to me <clears throat> what I learned last year, Femi, is I think there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. November the fifteenth, somebody's gonna really start to play well and they're gonna be the team from the AFC. I don't know who it could be. It could be the mm-hmm. Raiders, it could be the Chiefs, it could be the it could be the Ravens, who I would put money on. I would spread my money around in the AFC. I really okay. would. So you, AFC, you would try to kind of corner the market there and spread here, spread there, just because there's a number of teams that can make legitimate cases. And I think there's about 10 teams in the AFC to where if you told me today that they made the Super Bowl, I'd say, yep, that checks out. <laughs> like, there's there's no, 10 teams. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think there's just so many teams that have an opportunity to win. I mean, the Chargers going to be better on defense. You know, J.C. Jackson's uh, in a walking boot. Is he going to be able to play on mm-hmm. Sunday? Are they going to be better at corner? You know, they were very – They were. I don't think people realize how bad they were on defense last year. Yeah. I know Charger fans do, but I don't think the rest of the league – I mean, Herbert's sensational, so he kind of covers it up. But there's so many teams. Like, there'll be a really good team that doesn't make the playoffs from the, from the, from the West in the AFC. 100%. They'll, they'll, and so, like, I think a lot of this is going to come down to health, durability of the team, and who improves as the year goes along. No, 100% there. So you like the Packers over maybe the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Packers I like the Packers from the NFC. Okay. You know, I, I think to me, I mean, the, everybody loves the, the, the Eagles to, to go. I'm not sold on Hurts being able to th- throw the ball. I'm not sold on Tampa having been able to duplicate the same year. I think there's a lot of moving mm-hmm. pieces down in Tampa. I think Todd Bowles is a really good coach. I think they'll be just as good on defense. Offensively, there's still some pieces that have to come into play. You know, New Orleans, you know, they, they, they have a really good team. Is Winston going to be able to to not turn the ball over? They could be, you know, they could be a yeah. sleeper if anybody. Really, they could. They're good defensively. Saints are forty to one at our show sponsor DraftKings to win the Super Bowl. They have one of the more talented rosters. They just have a little bit of question marks at head coach and at quarterback. That just happens to be the two most important positions when it comes to an NFL team. Yeah, there. slightly, just yeah, slightly. slightly. Yeah, you might need those guys to be good to, to win a Super Bowl. Um, my prediction: I agree with you on the Green Bay Packers to win the NFC. Uh, the defense, I think, is going to be terrific, and Aaron Rodgers, like you mentioned, is good enough to elevate these receivers. They're going to score enough points early on in the season to be able to win some games. I think in the second half is when those receivers start to really gel with Aaron Rodgers, and I think that they can go to the Super Bowl. Out of the AFC, though, I'm going with Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson in Denver. I think the Denver Broncos are going to surprise some people. Trap. The Denver Broncos, the newly You're pulling paid. An Elvis. You're pulling an Elvis. You're falling in the trap. You're going in the trap. Be. I might be. I can't walk out. The, I know how you're doing this. New ownership, the Walton Penner family, oh, new yeah. quarterback, new head coach. Sure, Russell sure. Wilson and the Denver oh, Broncos. Absolutely. <laughs> and the yeah. Denver Broncos. I just, I, I think that the quarterback situation for them over the last handful of years has been that bad. And having somebody who is competent like Russell Wilson, now that he is healthy, can elevate that roster. And I think for the third straight year, we're going to see a new quarterback in a new place win a Super Bowl. 2020, we saw Brady do it with and the Bucs. New, well, you're ta- Last you're year, Stafford and the Rams. <laughs> what rookie head coach has won a Super Bowl? It's never happened. <laughs> I don't think it's, I mean, ever, well, I don't I think mean, it's ever happened. <laughs> you're falling in the trap. <laughs> I don't Elvis. think it's ever happened. <laughs> but, you are Elvis. But this year, Denver Broncos, that's my pick to win the Super Bowl um, out of the AFC. The Denver Broncos, I think, would defeat the Green Bay Packers in a rematch of Super Bowl 32, which we saw in January of 1998 down in San Diego. Our producer, Stephen Bond, has messaged me. He said he likes the Bills defeating the of San Francisco 49ers. Who else would he like? <laughs> I mean, come on. 
I mean, he's part of the Bills Mafia. I he is in the Mafia. Yeah. I think he's a consigliere in the Bills Mafia. He's, he's got Bills over the Niners in the Super Bowl. I like that Niners pick. I really do. I think the Niners, yeah. you know, I think they keep Garoppolo. They're going to play good defense. I like them to win the East, the West. I really well, do. I think the Niners have a good team. If it's a Bills-Niners Super Bowl, who's starting at quarterback for the 49ers? Garoppolo. Oh, okay. I think Garoppolo. Okay. So I mean, look, I've been told this. I was told this over the weekend when I was in Biloxi. Uh, you know, Kyle, I know everybody says, you know, Lombardi, Lombardi's wrong on this. I'm not wrong. Kyle wanted Mac Jones. I don't care how many times I got to say it. Like, I know it. Like, I, I'm, con- I'm not convinced of it. I know it. Like, I'm not talking myself into it. Like, I know it. So, and I know he's still going around, still pissed off at the people that convinced him to go the other direction. So, like, I, I don't really feel like debating it with anybody else because I've had too many people, too many people that are very reliable, that know every single person in this scenario, Garoppolo and Lance, and they know it. Yeah. No, that's it's something that's always been debated, and I guess we'll get our no, answer. No debate. Yeah, I There's mean, no that's, debate. You can, the Twitter can debate it. Those guys, those yeah. experts. That's what I meant by debate. I love, yeah, I tw- love it when on Twitter they come to me and say, "Well, Kyle said this. What do you think he's going to say? What do you think he's going to say? I mean, you know, I mean, Earl Warren said that that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I mean, what do you think he's going to say? <laughs> you think Earl Warren's going to say, you know, we just spent eight thousand, we killed the whole forest in the Northwest to come up with a, this, you know, this report, but we don't believe anything we wrote which is true they shouldn't believe anything they wrote but you know seriously <laughs> um before we quick end the segment here just to back up my point with nathaniel hackett and the denver broncos potentially winning the super bowl don mccafferty won a super bowl with the baltimore colts there in 1970 as a first year head coach so we got to go way back over for, i mean he took over for shula that was a really good team it was a good team yeah it was a good yeah, team. he you know he got put into the you know there's a category that I, I didn't end up putting it in my book like there's five there's like a bunch of different scenarios about becoming a head coach and one mm-hmm. of them is they gave me a lamborghini to drive <laughs> i mean barry switzer i think won the super bowl in his yeah. first year didn't he yeah he did oh no his second year 94 they lost second the year. nfc title oh, game yeah. and then 95 yeah. they won it yeah <laughs> Yeah, they gave him a Lamborghini to drive too. Yeah, and they almost drove it off the tracks. <laughs> he did. Yeah, eventually, sure did. Eventually, they did, but at least they got a Super Bowl out of it in '95. Uh, I got a text. From, I got a text from somebody uh, that loves college football, loves goes to Notre Dame games. I got a text from somebody, and he just said, "You know, these college coaches have really no idea of game management," and, and it's don't. so true. It's yeah. so true. Well, they're recruiters. They're recruiters. Yeah, they're recruiters, man. Then maybe if they know some X's and O's, that's just the cherry on top. But the whole Sunday is all about recruiting and going to the kids' living room and getting them to come to their school. Uh, let's take one more break here, Michael. We'll get to, to M- MVP. I'm in a trap. I'm, the other, I'm in the, Bond to play, I'm, I'm in to the play trap, tra- man. Elvis, yeah. You and Elvis. Go ahead. Rocky Mountain High, which might mean one thing or another with, with this yeah. prediction. You're going to see a fire in the sky for sure, my man. We'll take a quick break. This is the GM Shovel with Michael Lombardi. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Okay, Michael, we gave our Super Bowl predictions in the last segment. Yeah. Now let's do NFL regular season MVP. And at DraftKings, the favorite is Josh Allen plus 650, which makes sense since the Bills are also the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady plus 850. Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert at 9-1. to Aaron Rodgers 10 to 1. He's a two-time defending MVP. Joe Burrow 12 to 1. My man Russell Wilson 14 to 1. Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott 16 to 1. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray at 20 to 1. You know, for me, I I, I would I would take $100, let's say, and I would mm-hmm. bet $20 on five guys. Okay. And Josh Allen at plus 700, you still get your money back, right? So you would still be able to to make out on it, you know. And so uh, I think to me, I think what you win 140 if you bet 20, right? Yep, that's seven to one. Yeah, so you win 40 bucks. Now you know you can do it more if you can afford it, whatever. But I would pick five. I would pick Lamar. I, okay. I would pick. I would pick Patrick Mahomes. I would probably pick Josh Allen just to save my bet, and then maybe I would pick Wilson and you know Burrow or or Rogers or somebody, and then feel like okay, if one of these hits. But I think just to nail it to one, I think you don't give yourself enough chance because if he gets hurt, yeah. you know, or if the team, the one thing about different than baseball, Femi. I mean, if they're going to give Otani the MVP in baseball, I mean, even though he's on the worst, you got to win. You got to win. You got to be a, like a number one or a number two seed. Yeah. And if you work backwards from that, if you think Baltimore's going to be a number one or number two seed, then bet Lamar Jackson. If you think Denver's going to do that, bet Russell. If you think Cincy, bet Burrow. You know, I think it, you have to work backwards on it. No, I 100% agree. It's the top two seeds have been winning this award. Quarterbacks have won this award nine straight years. The last running back to do it was Adrian Peterson back in 2012, and that was when he was chasing Eric Dickerson's single-season rushing record. So I agree with you. It's got to be a quarterback, and it's got to be a quarterback of a top two seed, and that's kind of how you can figure out the problem. And uh, I'm going to go with my guy, Russell Wilson, 14-1 uh, to 1 there of course. To, to win MVP. I mean, I'm, 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 if I'm, I'm lost in it a in little a bit, trap. Michael, I, I might as well I go all the way. walk out. Yep, you're <laughs> in that trap. I might as well you're go all the trap. way. But it, you it, might as well. <laughs> Why don't you grow sideburns like Elvis, too, just like that? Why don't you get those long, like, pork chop sideburns going? Huh? In, in fairness to me, I, I think he has – a lot of weapons. I'm a big Sutton fan. Judy, I think, is going to have a good year. Hamler's back and healthy. The offensive line is above average, I would say. And the running backs are pretty good. And I think Hackett is going to be an innovative play caller for this team. And at least in the regular season, maybe it doesn't come to fruition in the playoffs. Maybe that's where I stub my toe. But in the regular season, I think Denver is going to be better than people think. And they're being a little bit overlooked because the shiny object of the LA Chargers, the dependability of Mahomes and Reed with the Chiefs, and even the Raiders are getting a little bit more pub than the Denver Broncos. So Russell Wilson, yeah. people have forgotten how good he is, and he's going to make them remember this year. I haven't. I mean, he was he wasn't good last year, Femi. That's why I haven't forgotten. Well, he, he was he, he was hurt. He had, he, oh, before he got hurt, he wasn't good. Before he got hurt, he wasn't good. He didn't run the ball last year. He didn't move in the pocket. I love Russell. You know, mm-hmm. and I would never really want to bet against Russell in a close game. But last year, he looked like he was declining. Now, I think he can get it back. Mm-hmm. But when you only run for 183 yards and you don't make loose plays out of the pocket, and you don't make those wow plays. I mean, like I said before, he, he wasn't the chef at the at, at the French Laundry. He was working at, at the diner over here in, <laughs> at, at Summer's Point. I mean... He was a sh- he was a short order cook. He you know now if he get back to that white jacket with the stars on it and put that big hat on you know mm-hmm. then you, you know you, which that trap you're caught in then then I would say okay I'll go with that. 
I'm, I'm in the trap. I, I just, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. And I'm especially in. for a Seattle fan. Well, you're not a Seattle, well, not a Seattle fan. Seattle from fan Seattle. Yeah. But, but I mean, like having watched him last year, it, you you know that he wasn't the same. Just like Mahomes wasn't the same player mm-hmm. last year. Like I'm counting on Mahomes to raise his game because his game was, in spite of what everybody says in the media, his game wasn't to the level that it needs to be for a player of the talent of Mahomes in mm-hmm. the system that Mahomes is in. Yeah, no, Mahomes definitely, he wasn't what he was in 2019 or 2018 when he won the MVP, but 2019, I thought, was his best year. 2020, he was also really good. But yeah, last year, he really wasn't uh, up to the Mahomes standard that we've grown accustomed to. But I think Russell Wilson, he can get it back. We saw Aaron Rodgers be able to get it back after 2019, where people were kind of reporting his demise. All he's done is win two more MVPs since that season. So I think Wilson with Hackett paired up there, I think this is going to be a good relationship. Hackett tailoring this offense to what Wilson loves to do. I think we're going to see a lot of big plays in the Rocky Mountains, Michael. And then, and maybe I'm in the trap. You're saying I'm you in are. the trap? Maybe I am. You are in the trap. I'm, I'm riding with Steven, make him grow sideburns. <laughs> I want to see him in those sideburns. I know yeah. your Halloween I'll, costume. I know what your Halloween costume is already. I'll shave my beard and then just keep the chops going. <laughs> yeah. I know your Halloween costume. You're going to be Elvis. Hopefully my MVP bet is still alive by Halloween. <laughs> That's what we're hoping. Um, Michael, let's take one more final break, and then we'll get to the news and notes from around the league here. All right, Michael, before we get out of here, I wanted to talk some L.A. Rams since they're hosting the Buffalo Bills and the NFL kickoff opening night coming up on Thursday. And this is coming from one of your good buddies, Jordan Schultz. He says that Odell Beckham Jr. and the Rams have maintained a positive open dialogue about a potential return, according to sources close to the situation. Sean McVay wants him back with the idea that OBJ could be a real factor late in the season slash playoffs. I'm told Matt Stafford has also supported this internally. That from Jordan Schultz there via the Twitter machine. OBJ back the Rams. I mean, it, it seems like it makes the most sense to me, at least, given his rehab timeline. Yeah, and see where he is in rehab. I mean, obviously, uh, we'll see how they end up with Allen Robinson and all the other pieces that they have on the team. And he could be a big boost to them and where they are health-wise. I mean, he's a great insurance policy that's out there on the street. And we know one thing about the Rams. They'll spend money and they'll sign a veteran guy, you know, with whatever they have to do to improve their team. So, I mean, I think a lot of teams are, are monitoring the, the Odell Beckham situation. Mm-hmm. Could he come in and be that guy to get him over the top, be that one piece as he rehabs? But a lot of it's going to come down to the medical, Femi. I mean, it's going to come down to what that knee looks like and how much burst does he actually have in that lower body. Yeah, this is the second time he's torn his ACL. He did it a few years ago with Cleveland there, and now he's done it now with the LA Rams. I'm not sure what we're going to see from Odell this year, but maybe he can help out late in the season, maybe in the playoffs. Yeah, it's like a team like Tennessee, like Tennessee brings Josh Gordon in. Did they watch tape on Josh Gordon? Josh Gordon can't play anymore. Yeah, I mean, he can't play anymore. I mean, the media still thinks he can play. Oh, they're bringing Josh Gordon in like it's like Josh Gordon's terrible. Like, unfortunately, he was great, but the play mm-hmm. he made in 13 was a play. That was in 13. He's not the same player. This is 22. Remember what we said earlier. Then is then, now is now. Like, Josh Gordon can't, it can't do anything anymore. He's covered all the time. So, mm-hmm. like, what are you bringing him in for? Like, I could see Tennessee needs another receiver, right? Uh, I could see, you know, Minnesota, Green. I could see Green Bay, I could see any team. I could see Tampa being there. I mean, I think Odell's going to have options better on the medical, and I think money he'll have money options based on the team trying to fill that need to get to the top. I mean, Kansas City could easily bring him in too, if based on where they are with receivers. 
Jordan Rodrigue of The Athletic, she covers the Rams as a beat writer, just to double back on the Odell situation. She said that the Rams have kept Odell Beckham Jr.'s locker intact at their facility out in Thousand Oaks, California. They think that they've got a great chance of re-signing Beckham when he's ready to play late in the regular season. This, to me, just feels like it's going to happen. If they're keeping his locker intact, they're keeping communication with him. I mean, he's pretty much on the team. He's on IR, I guess, but hanging out as a free agent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's got to get healthy first. I mean, and I'm sure that that they'll pay whatever they have to pay if they feel like that's going to be the guy that makes it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely fired up, Michael. Season starts on Thursday. Bills, Rams, we'll be coming out with another podcast Thursday to preview all the week one games, including the opening night kickoff game. And also, we'll be wrapping up the blue chip, red chip series with the quarterback. So Thursday's episode is going to be jam-packed with a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's good to get to guard twice a week. Family football's back. Yes, we'll do it. We will not miss a day. Trust me, we will not miss a day. We'll be on top of it. Thank you for uh, listening. Appreciate you, Femi. Yeah, appreciate you as well. Michael, appreciate our producer, Stephen Bond, with us as always. Appreciate the listeners and the viewers. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your foes, especially your foes. And we will talk to you guys starting up on Thursday. <laughs>